Hey guys, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline uh, episode 2. This is a podcast that was originally envisioned as a dedicated Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. But the horror genre is flipping massive. So there's going to be a mess load of stuff done on this show. And uh, just to honour that original vision we are going to be doing... Buffy the Vampire's there and everything kind of connected to that as well as jumping over to probably some Hammer Horror stuff um, of course I've got the, I've just pretty much in the last month or so signed up to the Shutter app so like that's a dedicated streaming service for like all things horror so we're going to get into a mess load of horror stuff old, new the classics, you know, all the universal monsters, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Dracula, you name it. Uh, interview the vampire, you know, anything that's kind of connected to this genre. I'm interested in getting and delving into that a heck of a lot more deeply. So, yes, this podcast, even though we're doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, isn't going to be all about that. We're going to be doing a mess load more stuff so we're going to get into it right now with an episode i originally did on youtube way back in the day so it's an older recording uh the audio was stripped from a, a video so uh please forgive anything that doesn't really work in an audible form so uh we'll get into it right now and i hope you enjoy the show Puffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. That's not a strong film, to say the very least, but it did spawn the series and eventually spawned a spin off series to that series. So, you know what? It's, it did, <coughs> in a way, become a classic. So, it was originally released in 1992, written by Joss Whedon, who we all know, you know, the guy responsible for directing. The Avengers, whole mess load of stuff, like he went on after this film to write, produce Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series, and then that went on to the Angel series, and you know what, he's he's one of the best directors of, you know, superhero stuff at this stage, and uh, going back to see this film, he'd written this film, he didn't direct it, it was Fran Rubel. Kuzoi, Kuzoi, I'm not sure how to say that last name, but it was directed by this guy, but, uh, I don't know, it's a weird film, as I say, the film was released probably four years before I seen it, and I can remember the night we watched it for the first time, or I watched it for the first time, we actually, me and a couple of mates, you know, used to hang out at the weekends, and chill out have a couple of beer watch a couple of movies and stuff like that there and this was a movie we grabbed hold of because we liked the the vampire movies of the day the 80s and the 90s the vampire films were just like you know the thing to watch at a time then of course Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out and we're like there's a Slayer movie coming out and it's not Van Helsing or any of those guys it's it's a new character so we're very very interested in checking out Buffy the Vampire Slayer, even though it was a female Slayer, we are just like, you know what, it's probably going to be more uh, 
cater towards you know girls and boys uh, though it's it's hard to say girl or boy these days with the whole politically correct thing but uh, we checked it out anyway Christy Swanson played Buffy in this film and you know there's big names attached to this as well Donald Sutherland was there as Merrick who was Buffy's watcher in this film and Rutger Hauer as the main vampire you know two big names right there and you're just like you know these two names alone in this film should give it a bit of clout and you know we sat down to watch it Luke Perry's on it and uh, David Arquette <laughs> but you know the film don't get me wrong I went back and watched it again I didn't really enjoy it the first time around and it did kind of when the series came around it did kind of leave a bad taste in the mouth whenever they eventually released that they were going to do a series based on Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer but this was one of these rare occasions it used to be there would be a television series even these days it's something similar to this here there's, there's a TV series that's been out has become a classic and eventually it gets made into a movie this is the only one that I can remember that was done the other way about there was a movie first which kind of flopped I I don't offhand I don't know what the sales were for this film or how well it did in the cinema but as I say it just it really didn't hit the target with me or or my mates when we sat down to watch it but you know the series came out and I do believe the series originally ran to five seasons and when we hit season three four no season four I think of the Buffy series was when the character of Angel split off into uh, a five-season stretch of his own spin-off series, and you know they cancelled Buffy the Vampire Slayer at season five, the end of season five. But you know it was that good a series that they actually came back and did two more. If I recall, that's the way it worked. They originally intended to stop at five, but people wanted to see more, so they did two extra seasons of it. So it's it's one of these things where it's just. I don't know, it's just, it's become a cult classic. The film itself, don't get me wrong, the, if you know the series, but you don't know the movie, if, watching the movie you can see the foundation of what the series would eventually become, like the, the Watcher character in the film was a little bit different than what the Watcher character is in the series, it's like, it's almost as if in the film it's this watcher is the same sort of like they can die but there's something immortal about them like they'll die and they'll get resurrected again at some point it's just it doesn't describe it that well but that's the kind of gist that it gave as it wants to watch your day somebody else takes his place but he'll regenerate in some shape or form to become a watcher again at some point and he can't rest properly until the vampires are destroyed sort of thing so uh, the main problem I had with this film wasn't exactly the acting it was more the directing of it I think I don't think it was directed that well because and I don't want as I've said in previous videos, I don't like to slag off movies because you know I make short films myself. I know how difficult it can be, but they play on the clueless teenager thing 
far too much in this movie and, and you, that's okay if you're going to stick to the the idea of the clueless teenager but they didn't stop there Buffy's mother in the film is far more clueless than any of the teenagers are in the entire movie and beyond clueless it's just it pushes that kind of idea just too far in it and it's for me, it was just like, you know, it's supposed to be a light-hearted film. It's supposed to be a kind of a comedy, a uh, comedy horror sort of thing. But if you're going to push the characters to that point of stupidity, uh, it just it didn't feel like it worked for me. And I just would have liked a little bit more realism put onto those types of characters. But don't get me wrong, this, those sort of silly things really work in this film as well. There's one of the vampires... And for life me, I can't remember his, his character's name in the film or the actor that plays him, but he's kind of, he's not the head vampire, like uh, Rutger Hauer is the main vampire, but he's, this is like his first general, he's like the guy that's, you know, gathering up the, the hordes of vampires for the master, so to speak, whenever the master rises, he'll have, you know, a gang of vampires about him, this is like the guy in between, and the bit where Buffy slays him, like she sticks him in the heart with the stake, he screams and he goes down, you think he's dead, next thing, pops back up and he's, oh, ah, ooh, mm. all this just overly exaggerated dying sequence, and, you know, taking the hand out of it, but it was, don't get me wrong, it, it was funny, I did laugh at that, and, <laughs> And this goes on for quite a bit in that that scene because this is also the scene where Buffy meets the master and by the end of the scene this guy's still in the background going ooh, ee, ooh, ah, stupid stuff they got there. And the entire rest of the film plays out and then in the middle of the, the finishing credits of the film you get back to the same scene and the guy he's still, ooh, still dying. You know, so it's a really, really stupid silly little film and watching that before you see the series uh, could put you off checking out Buffy the Vampire Slayer the series and uh, I don't know it's just a tough one to really get my head around because you know I, I never would have thought that from this film they would commission the series that ended up being so successful and uh Yes, one thing I did notice in the film is that Don Richter Hire's character, like the master vampire, when he shows up near the end of the film, before the final, uh, the final fight between him and Buffy, uh, when he does turn up, he's he's playing a violin, and he's just kind of sitting in the background of the high school, like that's teenage vampire and the, the school prom sort of thing. The vampires crashing at the end. But Rutger Hauer's character, he's sitting in the background and uh, he's playing this here little tune on a violin and the tune, forgive me if it's, if it's a real tune, probably is, but whenever I heard it, it's that sort of tone and the way he was playing it and I've been trying to look it up online to see if there's actually any thing to back this here up but the first time I heard him playing that there the first thing that came into my head was the opening 
music to the spin-off to the Buffy series, Angel. Because that has uh, a violin intro to its, its theme tune. And it was very, very similar to that there. And I went and checked out the theme tune. And, you know, there's a few notes are slightly different. But I was thinking, is that a basis? When they started the Angel series and they were coming up with a, a theme song to the series, did they go back to the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie and pull from that to create the song for the intro to Angel? So I don't, I don't know. I, can't, I don't seem to be able to find anything online. If there was any truth in that, I'm sure somebody is cotton on it now before me. But then again, as I say, this film, it's, it's entertaining enough. But, you know, to spin off seven seasons of a series on television from this film, which in turn spun off five seasons of a spin-off series to that series, and I do believe animated TV shows as well, and it's a cult classic now. Uh, watching this film, just, I don't, you wouldn't have seen this happening. You couldn't have predicted this. You wouldn't have thought it would be so successful at the end. You know, if, if you're a fan of the series and you've not seen this film, you need to go back and check it out. And it's not a great film, by any means, but at the, at the same time, it is a watchable film. And most of the characters have their moments in it, but just if they didn't push that clueless thing so far, it would have been a stronger film. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Check out my social media links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening.